Lineup. Lineup. Locked. Locked. Where every day is Sunday. This fantasy football podcast is brought to you by CreatorRank.com. Are you ready for some football? Follow us on Twitter at CreatorRank and find us on Facebook and YouTube. Now, get ready. Ready? And lock it in. It is that time. Time to lock it in. Welcome to Lineup Locked. As always, we've got our four-man booth rocking. With me, I have my player two, three, and four, Lee, Matt, and Chris. What's going on this morning, gentlemen? So much and so little. Y'all, y'all seem so energetic this morning. Oh my god! I was, some more coffee. I, I was waiting on the other fellers to chime in, you know, because I always get in trouble for speaking first. <laughs> Speak when spoken to. <laughs> so, uh, welcome to Lineup Lock. This is a Creator Rank podcast that we have quite the show for you this morning. Uh, we have Matt and Lee have the depth charts for the NFC North and South, and we're gonna do the same rundown as last week. Basically, uh, would you? draft the first guy that's there ADP-wise, or would you wait on the backups and kind of give our thought process on each guy on the depth chart as well? And uh, training in Roto, as always, it's uh, training camp is going full force right now, so we definitely want to touch base on some of the stories and determine if it's news or if it's noise uh, for our fantasy drafters and our listeners. So welcome, as always, to Lineup Locked. Uh, You can follow my friends on this podcast. Lee, what is your Twitter handle, sir? At Dynasty Dingo. Matt Reller. I think I just said it. Spoiler alert. With an ER. Uh, Chris Temple. At CTemp03. And I am at Tecmo Zach, like the video game Tecmo Bowl. So welcome, as always. Uh, Hall of Fame game. We're in the thick of it. We had a football game, gentlemen. Not a very good one. I was going to say. But there was a football game. When, When the quarterback goes 11 or 7 of 11 for 34 yards, and the coach comes out the next day and says, eh, that's about what I expected. You know, <clears throat> Drew Locke made me feel even worse about my dynasty team, but that's okay. That's all right. I think he's going to be fine three years from now. Yeah, probably. not this year. He's not going to play this year. No, he will not. It's Joe Flacco, unless Joe Flacco gets injured. Obviously. I would like to thank you for drafting him before I could get to him. I love you too. <laughs> but uh, we're in the thick of it, and honestly, the best thing I thought I don't know if you guys saw. Did you guys watch the whole game? Lee, did you watch the Hall of Fame game? Yeah, I watched the first half at least. I watched the first half. That's all. I, I cut it off after halftime. How about you, Matt? I looked at a recap. Okay. I'm a degenerate. I watched the entire thing, and I actually was on wow. FanDuel playing fantasy. I'm just kidding. I did not really. I don't, I don't bet on I don't, I don't. I'm not that bad. But I did watch the entire game. And the best thing that happened on the episode was, did you guys hear the Ed Reed? <laughs> did you hear the Ed Reed interview? I did see the Ed Reed interview. <laughs> he said that the best... <laughs> so Ed Reed is getting interviewed. You know, they always interview the guys coming into the Hall of Fame, right? That's one of the sure. cool things I like about the Hall of Fame game. And Ed Reed said that <laughs> he became a Hall of Famer because he was conceived around NFL playoff time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh, so, that's, that's a, you should look up the Ed Reed interview. It's it's oh. pretty good. Yeah, so I was like, all right, man, cool. Uh, that's that's a little too much information, but all right. I, I've never actually, like, I know when my birthday is, 
But I never go back and think like, when did my parents make sure I was a thing? Like, I, I don't know. I, let's go retrack nine months and try to pinpoint the day that I happened. That's not, that's not a, that's, that's not a thought that ever really enters my mind, but I think I might need to figure it out now. So, <laughs> wowza. Thanks, Ed Reed. And uh, also... I just briefly did it. I'm a... I'm a... Uh, a uh, Valentine's Day baby. All right on. I think my parents were celebrating a Tuesday, probably. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Pat Mahomes, did you guys see this? He has a cereal uh, that's just come out, and apparently it's selling like crazy. $35 a box. That's $33. $33 a box. And on what, eBay. And how much for a case? Or you can get 12 boxes of it for $315. Yeah. Yikes. I'm assuming that it's limited and people are just trying to buy it and keep it as a souvenir. It is is limited. It's for his charity. Okay, cool. Okay, Uh, Well, that's good, too. Very cool. Would you guys buy a $33 box of cereal to keep as a collectible? For somebody's charity, yes. No? You would do it for charity? Yeah, because it's for charity, yes. Oh, for charity? I'm sorry. I must have missed that part. Um, It'd be tough. It'd still be tough for me, but I guess I would for charity. Lee's like thirty-one dollars is where I draw the line. That that extra two is not a, <laughs> it's not a, it's not a thing. You got to remember, there's tax in there. Well, you know, our listeners and you guys can't see the room that I'm in, but uh, I'm quite the collector. I like to collect novelty items. Uh, like I have a few pop figures, uh, and I like I like to collect stuff. So let me ask you guys. Do you guys have any cool collectibles? I know that y'all are sports fans like myself. Do y'all have anything that you hold on to dearly that you've collected or bought at a sports game or any sports memorabilia? Do you have anything like that, Lee? Yeah, my friends got me um, a Ryan Howard 400th home run bait, like piece of a base, like first base or something. Man, that's so awesome. So I've got, I've got that hanging around. So that's pretty cool. How about you, Matt? That's about you, it, though. Matt, do you have anything right. cool? I think the coolest thing I got is like the Marshall Falk rookie card. Really? Marshall Falk rookie card? That's got some value to yeah. it. Yeah. Better nice. What about you, Chris? Do you have anything? I mean, I have a man room. I guess I uh, I have a uh, an autograph from a dude that played for uh, the Titans for a long time. Uh, Eddie, Eddie George. George? Yeah. Very cool. And yeah. if you hear the dinging, listeners, that's Chris taking a picture of all my collectibles and texting it to uh, these these fellas. Yeah. So I, uh, it's but, not my butler. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm not trying to call my butler to bring me coffee right now. It's not his butler. It's just his maid. <laughs> so, Sorry, I did not realize he did not have his phone on silent. So the uh, calling up on aisle too. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, uh, the coolest the coolest collectibles I have is that uh, my wife, she, her, and uncle are. Uh, Hoarder is the wrong word, but think of the show Hoarders, but with collectibles, right? They yeah. they are older, obviously, and they have so many collectibles. So the one with the lake house, yeah, they, yeah. They, they give me a different um, they give me a different thing every Christmas that they they've had and up throughout time. So on top of my bookshelf, I have a basketball signed by Dirk, which is very cool. I'm a big Dallas Mavericks fan, so I love that to death. They gave me a Troy Aikman signed jersey which I actually got in a shadow box in my living room. And then I have a dirt jersey with his rookie card in it as well in a shadow box, and the rookie card's signed. So those would probably be my prized possessions. I have a few other I have a few other things. Like I've got uh, a Zeke Elliott and Todd Gurley Madden 17 limited edition figure unopened. And those things are, uh, the Todd Gurley's a Color Rush limited edition one, so they only made like a couple hundred of those. So that one's kind of limited. 
Uh, and I got some old starter Dallas Cowboy figures and stuff like that. And I still collect rookie cards, actually. Every year, I buy like five or ten uh, rookie cards from each sport. Uh, some of the top up-and-coming guys, and I just keep them. I just spend a couple bucks each on eBay, just buy them, and just go, go that way. So that's that's what I got. The coolest... The coolest pull I had, I actually wanted to pull the uh, Shohei Otani rookie for baseball a few years ago because that thing was going for two grand. So I bought a I bought a box of Topps Heritage, right? And I pulled a Victor Robles uh, autographed rookie card. And then I sold on eBay for a thousand dollars. Good times, nice. good times. So it paid for its investment. It was a hundred dollar card box of cards, and I got ten times the amount off. So that was pretty cool. That was a good time. It's a good little good little flip investment there. Yeah. Full show. Well, all right. Let's get into the let's get into the foosball. Well, actually, wait one more thing before we do that. Um, NBA. I know this is a football podcast, but the NBA released their Christmas schedules yesterday, and we'll should get the full schedules here within the next week. Uh, Lee, I know that you're a big fan of the Sixers. Did you see the classic jerseys they revealed this week? I did. I did indeed. Um, I'm pretty torn on them, honestly. Okay. Not a fan. They're not like they're not traditional. They're not like anything we've worn. It doesn't look like they're very they just similar. Kind of made up a new classic jersey, which I thought was weird. Right. It's like, like a, I like some of the old school Sixers jerseys, so that was a little weird. But they're like decent, I guess. Yeah, it's like a take on uh, the the Doctor J era a little bit, but not really. Yeah. And then I know Vancouver or not Vancouver. Uh, excuse me. The Grizzlies are bringing back their Vancouver Grizzly throwbacks. Those as are well. so dope. They're revamping them a little bit though. So my question for you: We're bringing this full full surge to football before training in Roto is. Classic jerseys, man, are awesome. Like I remember when the Titans would wear the. Sometimes they wear the Houston Oilers throwbacks, which I just I dig. That's one of my favorite jerseys is Houston Oilers. Uh, Lee, do you have a favorite classic jersey for the NFL? Oh, for the NFL. Um, let me think. I like the Kelly Green Eagles jersey, just because you know being an Eagles fan is. It's kind of how I grew up. I was gonna. Uh, I, I my head. I can't. If I if I think of another one, I'll, I'll get back to you. But like that's the, the only one it's like the Reggie right White, now. Randall Cunningham era green. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was gonna say that. Y'all need to bring that back. It's a lot better than the ugly green y'all wear now. I do. I like the helmets and everything. I agree. I agree with you. It reminds me of Tecmo Bowl, man. Quarterback seven. Yeah. yeah. Lee, have you ever played Tecmo Bowl? I know you being younger, uh, you might not have ever gotten a, a chance to check I that game not, out. I'm not actually. Yeah. They didn't have uh, it was the game is amazing. You could even play it on your computer on the emulator. I would just check it out. But the Eagles in that game are amazing in Tecmo Super Bowl. But what's funny is that for whatever reason there was a licensing issue with a couple players, so they couldn't get their name in. So Randall Cunningham oh, is called is called QB Eagles, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, he is a it's a he's a beast. It's like four plays on offense and defense. It's really really fun. If you want to win the Super Bowl easily, though, sure. get the Raiders. Yeah, Bo Jackson's a freaking monster. In oh that yeah, game. I've heard about the Bo Jackson cheat code. Yeah, you yep. should definitely do. Your, you should definitely Lee. You should definitely try it out. I think. Everybody should play Tech Bowl at least once. There's yeah. another cheat code, too. It's the Deion Sanders cheat code. Oh, yeah. Where you run off screen and run back on screen, and you hit the guy, and they fumble every time. <laughs> <laughs> so, Matt, uh, how about you? Any any jerseys that tickle your fancy? My favorite has always been the Trojans powder blue. Yeah. It's just simple. It looks nice. It's clean. What about you, Chris? Uh, I, I, I really like the Chargers powder blue. I like the Eagles Kelly Green. Um, honestly, no, there's not really any that I can think of that I really just cared for. I mean, being a Cowboys fan, ours, ours have always just been 
Simple. Maybe the Broncos old ones, the creamsicle ones, or not the creamsicle ones, but the uh, the ones before the blue and they threw the blue the in there. Or the John Elway. Yeah, the John Elway ones. Those were pretty nice. I see. For me, it's Houston Oilers. I really just like that. The Earl Campbell. Like I think of Earl Campbell, Warren Moon. Yeah. I think of the Houston Oilers, and I also really like. And another jersey that's kind of slow. I'm glad no one mentioned the Packers old ones or the Steelers killer bees, by the way. <laughs> Two of them are yeah, atrocious. Yeah, ours are hideous, so I got to like other teams. Well, I also well, like the Falcons, like late 80s, early 90s look with the black. And the red helmets? No, I think they had the black helmets. Oh, the Jamal Anderson Jamal. era? Yeah, 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 yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Birds. And you know what's the ugliest one for me is the Eagles canary jerseys. Remember they wore those that one year, Lee? It was like uh, yeah, yeah. bright yellow. Oh my gosh! But you Eagles know, wore a bright yellow one year. Yeah, it was like it's like it was just for one game. It was a throwback. It was like canary yellow with baby blue. It was terrible. Yeah, was oh, crazy. I remember that. Oh god, yeah. I think it was Donovan McNabb era, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. But uh, yeah, I mean, another jersey I like. It's not really a throwback. It's more like an alternate. But when the Steelers wear their yellow helmets and they have that like brownish black jersey on, I think those are real clean looking, man. I, that that is a I like that jersey. It catches my eye for some reasons. So, but that is uh, that is that is it. Now we're on to How the baseball. How do you guys feel about the cream sickle Tampa Bay Buccaneers? I was never a fan. I was actually a fan when they changed it. Like I remember, I like yeah. that logo better than their logo now. I remember the Cowboys were uh, not very good around that time, so it was very hard to play them in video games. You know, I, I've self-admitted Madden and Two K aholic. Like I played, I would always buy two football games back then. And uh, I, Tampa Bay was my team for probably three or four years in Madden and 2K. You know, having Mike Allstott, Warwick Dunn, that defense with Warren Sapp, there was a fun squad to roll with. Man. Derek Brooks. Yeah, they were. So I, yeah, that was uh, so I was a big fan when they when they changed it over. So, are we ready for trending in Roto? We ready to do this? Let's do it. All right. Now this is uh, for our listeners. This is an every week thing, and we try to give you the best information possible because obviously. Right now, there's so many camp darlings or people that are in the doghouse, so to speak, and it changes almost daily, right? You have uh, Anthony Calloway, one, one, it's like he's a sleeper, and then it's he's working out with the twos, then it's he's not in shape, now he's working out with the ones. What do our, what do our listeners who are getting ready for their drafts think? Is this a guy they need to think about? Is this a guy they should make a Mr. Irrelevant pick on? So we do this segment to try to give you the knowledge so you make the right pick, so you lock that lineup and you win. So first off, uh, the first thing I want to talk about, it's it's noise for me because home dude's not on, he, just, he can't make teams. I don't care if it's the Patriots. It's Cameron Meredith. He signed with the Patriots. Uh, this, it's news in the sense that he's there, but as far as fantasy, fantasy relevancy, I'll believe it when I see it. So we'll start with you, Lee. News, noise, irrelevant. What do you think about Cameron Meredith to the Patriots? Yeah, I think it's just irrelevant. Like you're right, you're right. He had that one splash season in New Orleans, and then, or wait, no, in the try for the Bears, and then signed a decent contract with New Orleans, but was injured the whole time and never saw the field. So, yeah, I, I think he's, I think he's done. I think it was a little flash in the pan. What do you think, Chris? I think it's just irrelevant news. Yeah, yeah, he got a contract. Yeah, he's not gonna make the team. He's just a camp buddy. And what do you think, Matt? I think it's newsy noise. Um, I think they were thirsting for wide receiver help. It's possible that he makes the team. I don't think it's necessarily impossible. 
he did look like a pretty darn good wide receiver when he had Jay Cutler at quarterback. So it's very possible that the knee is kind of past him, but I wouldn't bet on it. It's just kind of a name to remember. Yeah, I think for our listeners, this is one of those guys where don't draft him. Somebody will. If he's still on the roster a week or two from now when most of the drafts are going down, somebody's going to be like, well, it's Tom Brady. It's, it's the name brand, right? Somebody might take make a Mr. Element pick. I have no clue. Um, personally, I think Maurice Harris and Dorsett are the two guys I'm drafting besides Edelman, right? But uh, it's worth noting because whoever does draft him would will probably drop him. Well, and he might be a waiver pickup within the first month if if he does research. And we'll see. Well, right? you also got to think about Nikhil Harry. Well, he's he's not doing the camp news is that he is no bueno. And that's one of the big reasons why they brought Meredith in is he ain't getting it. Let's talk about him real quick. Okay. I have this theory that they keep down talking to Keel Harry just so everybody kind of is like, ah, whatever. Like they did with Randy Moss that one year. Okay. So you think (laughs) that, so you think that he is somebody that should be on everybody's radar still? I do. Okay. That's, that's fair. I mean, you're if you're picking him, you're more than likely. The problem I have with him is I think he's his draft. I think his drafting is going like when Corey Davis is a rookie, like in like the twelfth round. So it's close to being a free pick. Is yeah. that right? Is that about his ADP, guys? He's about the twelfth twelfth rounder right now, or is it is he higher than that? I thought he was a little higher than that, but he, it could have been wrong. He might be. Maybe it's dropping because of all this negative coach speak. For sure. Uh, up what Spencer Ware is done for the year uh, on the Colts. This is news uh, for me. I, I don't. I, I wonder who they're going to bring in. Um, they already what they have. They have Mac. They have Hines. So they're working out running backs, which makes sense why they have been. Uh, this is news. Really, no reason to comment on it. I guess just it's there. Well, it makes dinged up too. So they were working out a couple of running backs it, this week. If anything, I think we've all talked about Wilkins being the clear handcuff for Mac, not Hines. So I think that this makes a little bit more, you know, if you have Mac, maybe you're Mr. Relevant as Wilkins to handcuff it, right? So let's see. Who's next? Antonio Brown, still not practicing. Uh, let's start with you, Chris. Is this news or noise for you? It's news. I mean, if you if you got a guy that's supposed to be – have big production on your team, and he's not practicing yet. It's 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 a little bit of news, but it's still not the the worst thing. I mean, let's just see what what happens before the season. If if he can't get going a week before the season, then then you've got big problems. Well, I know Antonio Brown uh, is there. Probably, I don't know, man, because I know Julio's not going to play one snap in the preseason, right? No, no. But at the same time, he's been in that system. He's been with a quarterback. So for me, it's something to keep an eye on. What do you think, Matt? Yeah. It's again like newsy noise where you should probably keep your eye on it, see when he does get back to practice. It's still Antonio Brown, though. I'm sure he's getting work on the side with him. Yeah, he yeah he is. So, he's working out on the sidelines. He's running on the grass and all that stuff, but he's just not full go. He's not in the middle of practice, right? Yeah. So yeah, it's kind of a yeah maybe, but it doesn't really change much for me. Lee, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think it doesn't change much for me either. I don't think, you know, you're right. He's like one of the elite receivers in the league. I mean, my biggest concern, I guess, is just that I think he, from what I hear, he did work in the offseason with Derek Carr um, in like developing chemistry. But I mean, part of the reason he was so successful in Pittsburgh was just like the mass, like the great chemistry he had with Big Ben. 
So if he's losing some time in camp to like put on the pads and really get that chemistry with Carr, it might hurt him a little bit. So the next two are San Francisco 49ers, okay? And I have a tweet from Graham Barfield that I'm going to read you guys, okay? In his eight starts with the 49ers, Jimmy Garoppolo has averaged 8.5 yards per average, which is the second best behind Mahomes, by the way. His 52% passing success rate is tied with Brady for fourth best in that span as well. Obviously, smaller sample size. He only has a few uh, few starts because, A, he you know, took over at the end one season and I think had three or four starts, and then last year um, was injured. So we've, we've not really seen a full season's work. So about seven or eight starts total from the guy. So Trent Taylor is a guy that's getting a little bit of fantasy buzz. Uh, he's going to play the slot role. Is this guy on our fantasy radar, Lee? Trent Taylor? He's he's uh, impressing at Niners camp. I, I, just because there has been a decent amount of talk coming from the camp, I guess he is. But I always kind of assumed that that Pettis would operate in the slot. So I'm not 100% sure what's going to happen with that. Um, I just don't think Trent Taylor's got the talent that like a Pettis, Kittle, or even Debo Samuel have. So I think that he probably won't be on the field as much as those guys. But slot targets are important, obviously. And so he's definitely a name to keep, keep, keep your eye on, for sure. What do you think, Matt? I think it's news. I think he should be kind of a later round flyer pick. Um, sounds like they're gonna have Dante Pettis as like the X number one outside receiver, Debo Samuel on the other side, and then this Trent Taylor in the slot. I would also watch for Manarita. He's been getting talked up as far as moving around all over the place. He could be that slot receiver sometimes. He could also be out of the backfield. So there's gonna be kind of some exotic looks, I would guess, from Shanahan on all this, but. Trent Taylor, young, short, quick receiver. He separates well. Yeah, he'd be a good late round flyer. What do you excited for him. What do you think, Chris? They still have uh, Marquise Goodwin. They do? They still have Hurd. They do? I think they've got too many other players. It's hard to say with the 49ers. But they've got too many other options. I'm not sure, I'm not sure you can take... Late round at best, I guess. I, In my opinion, and uh, that's exactly where he's going to go. Like, I'm in a 12-team PPR league, and we go 18 deep. Uh, Chris, you're now in this league as well. And we draft eight. We go 18 deep in this, and you start two flexes. Trent Taylor in a PPR league is absolutely one of the late round guys I'm looking for because I know that the floor might be pretty safe from just the talk. Now, my eyes could tell me differently, and that could not happen. and could go a different direction, but... Are we sleeping on this 49er team as a as just like as a as a fantasy unit and well, I think just as a team that could possibly be a sleeper for next year? I think I think we are, but that's also because they've got so many new weapons. Jimmy G's coming back. He gets injured. He gets injured a lot. I mean, you got Kittle, you've got Coleman, you've got Brita. I mean, the next guy we're going to talk about is Brita. Brita's all over the place. This is the back that I want. If I get Coleman, I mean, you can own. I think you can own Breed and Coleman each in their own right. Like have a piece because obviously they're going to use probably two running backs, sometimes three there. Uh, man, that I mean, just that's weapons. Uh, are you? It's is it Breed season, Lee? Are you buying this that uh, he's all over the place and that he's going to have a fantasy relevant season and you should target him over a McKinnon? 
Yeah, it's Brita. Well, yeah, over McKinnon for sure. Um, I think hopefully this report doesn't elevate his price too much. But yeah, like I've always really liked Breda, and if he um, and he got a lot of work last year, which I think is why he got hurt so much. Just they they were pounding him up the middle. There was no one really to take that load off, and they really worked him hard. So I think if he's like outside, you know, if he's on the outside more often, or you know, if they motion him out wider in the slot and uh, like run him to the outside, there's a lot more. They like kind of. He's, he's, he'll be more durable for sure. So I think he's a guy I'd definitely target. And then, Matt, you've pretty much already commented on uh, your love for Brita. <laughs> kind of jumped the gun on us. So I would Sorry. assume I would assume you feel this. No, you're good. Matt I is on the Brita mobile. I assume you feel the same. I do. And I feel like I talked about this when we talked about running backs. But I thought Mark Brita kind of does everything well. And so I guess Shanahan thinks that too. So he's going to move them all over. And I do think. Marita at his current price is a value. If it starts creeping up, I'm not sure. Um, so if it kind of stays right here, I'm good with it. I think you should and can on both. Um, and it doesn't sound like McKinnon's thing is super serious. So I don't mind anybody taking a shot on any of the three because I do think that system with running backs is going to be strong. What do you think, Chris? I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I'd take, rather take Brita over McKinnon all day. Yeah, I'm not touching McKinnon. Uh, let somebody else deal with it, and if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I tell you what, though, uh, gentlemen, if I'm starting, a, if I'm going, a, if a draft happens and I go zero RB, Tevin Coleman is a guy that is on my list as my RB1. See, that's hard to do because Coleman really never did anything in Atlanta when he was sure. RB1. But we, but it, the, the potential to be the, the lead back there is there. The catches will be there, so he can give you some sneaky production. So I'm with you, but think about the guys he's going around. Like Also, Chris, that was under Steve Sarkeesian's weird offense. That right. wasn't Kyle Shannon. And you're thinking he's a fifth Coleman's about a fifth round pick? According to mm-hmm. ADP. So That's if you start so if you start with Kelsey, Julio Jones, like if you do that kind of that kind of build, it mm-hmm. certainly could be worse, right? I mean, otherwise the, the guys going around him are like Penny. And guys and everything else, and not to say that I don't like those running backs, I really do, but I would rather go with a guy that I know right now is starting, and then hit, and then maybe get one of those guys as my RB two on the come around, if whichever one's available, I think would be kind of a build that I'd be leaning to, or a James White or something like that, because you got to get the points. You know, you just did this in, in your draft. You want to get a guy that has a clear path. Well, your RB one was Jordan Howard, yeah, correct. And we all hear the Miles Sanders hype. But Jordan Howard, as long as he's healthy, is still going to be there. Did Miles Sanders get hurt in practice the other day? Yeah, he came back though. Okay, so I think it was that, a minor foot thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. like Jordan Howard is phenomenal as far as a, a late round draft pick, not like a player, but as far as you know, he's got a role. You know, he's going to be there. You know, he's going to get the carries. So that's that's also a guy that you you kind of target if you're if you're doing that. Like in my work league, my drafts in a few weeks, guys, and I'm fully 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 prepared to go zero RB in it. Julio's my keeper. I have 11th pick. I lost in the championship last year. I'm targeting either Kelsey, Amari Cooper, or whoever falls with my first pick. I don't know if Kelsey will make it all the way to me. I think so, because these guys are all running back nuts. So I think that they're going to be reaching for all the running backs with the first 10 picks personally. So if Kelsey falls, I'm taking him. That's why I'm starting. And when it comes right back, I'm prepared to go Amari Cooper if he's there. If not, I might go running back with Dalvin Cook or somebody like that if they're still available, which I doubt. So I'm fully prepared to target Tevin Coleman 
as my RB1 and uh, see see what happens and go from there. All right, so up next on Trending in Roto, Lamar Jackson now has a trendy nickname, LJax, claims he won't run as much in 2019. Now, this is weird to me because I watched NFL Network all Sunday last weekend, and uh, John Harbaugh was actually on uh, was actually uh, interviewed, and they said that he, he said take the over on his rushing attempts being above 139. So this is kind of conflicting for me. I think Lamar Jackson's going to run, and he's going to run a lot. So I think this is noise. What do you think, Matt? I think he said bet the over because he knows kind of Lamar Jackson might rely on his athletic ability, even if he's calling more pass plays. And we're turning into I got a scramble, so then technically that's a run. Um, yeah, it's just a really lazy nickname, though. <laughs> it bugs me. Like, yeah, Deshaun Jackson was DJX, now Lamar Jackson's LJX. It's like, come on, let's come up with something. <laughs> yeah, but. But D-Jax actually sounds cool. L-Jax just sounds like, hey, I'm just going to give my nickname an L. I want you guys to start calling me Z-Van. So, I'm just, is I'm that just okay? glad that his no. first name isn't like Andre, because then he's Ajax, and that's a clean name. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, uh, you're going to need that rim shot again, bud. Well, well played. <laughs> well played. Lee, uh, do you have anything you want to comment about this? Yeah, first off, I was super confused when I read the report. Just because I, I literally had no idea who LJX was. I had to like open the report to see who they were talking about. <laughs> Clickbait. And, um, you fell for it. Clickbait. <laughs> and so, yeah, it worked. It worked on me. But I think it's fair to think that he'll break the record while also rushing less. Because last year, his pace, his 16-game pace for rushing attempts was 272. So, That's, he's like, I think That's because fair, he couldn't throw the ball. I wow. think that's like one less than Elvin Kamara had or something. It's, like, yeah, it's, yeah it's, a, it's a ridiculously high rushing count. And, and yeah, I think, so I think it's fair of him to say, yes, I'm going to be rushing less. But it's still he's still probably going to break the, the quarterback rushing record. So, Chris? Yeah. Uh, I think he's going to run, and he's going to run a lot. I mean, I think – Unless he's figured out his his passing ability and all that stuff. Apparently, he's looked much better. I mean, it doesn't take much to look better, well, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, if he's the guy that was at Louisville, because at Louisville, he could throw the ball. He right. could literally Thank sling you. it around. That's, oh. what, that's what I don't get. He's devoid of own talent. Yeah, yeah he's, got, he's got a cannon for an arm. Oh, I, I'm a big Lamar Jackson guy. I, I love I Man, for where he's going, I think people are sleeping I on think him it's so a, hard. I think he doesn't trust what he sees, and I think that's the biggest problem with him. I think that's why he doesn't let it loose. He doesn't trust what he sees. I'm mentally prepared well, to have. As a, as yes. a rookie, he probably wasn't ready to see the speed of the game, and now it's year two. Things have slowed down. You're the I fastest quarterback in football. Well. You're you're ready for the speed. Well, he wasn't. I mean, I think let, let's let's just comment on it. Let's. He wasn't ready, and in fact, the only reason they kept him in there was because they kept winning. Right. Flacco got injured, and they went three and zero. Right, his first three starts. How can yeah, how can you lean on the defense and the running? Right. right? How That's do you, what you need to do to protect a young quarterback? It's and I'm not, not I'm, quite ready. And I'm not trying to compare him to Tom Brady because that's foolish. But it's, it's a Tom Brady conundrum. They kept winning when, when Drew Bledsoe went down years well, it's ago. The same thing with Dak, Dak Prescott, Tony. Right. They kept winning, and just think if that if that team had Tony Romo, right when they went to the playoffs. 
Could they beat? Would, should, would they have beaten the Packers? I don't think so. I well, think, would they have made the playoffs? I know. I don't, I don't think, think they would have. So. No, well, they would have made the playoffs. I mean, they went thirteen and three. Come on now. Tony Romo's going to take more chances and throw more interceptions, though. That's true. I don't. I don't disagree. I think that everything happens, and it. That's the reason why they make the changes because they've got something better. I really do, but we never know. That's why we. That's why we make these. Well, make no, you, these can't, you can't say that. The, the Cowboys, when Tony Romo was finally healthy, the Cowboys were eight and one, with Dak Prescott as their quarterback. Mm-hmm. You can't make a change when your no, team's eight and one. You cannot, and that's why he's. The we all know that Tony Romo, as a player, is a better thrower of the football than Dak Prescott will probably ever be. Yeah, but he also I'm not, is not I'm clutch not at all. Agree. So I mean, being a better like I mean, you, can't you can be say, a you can you, be a you good can't quarter. say Tony Romo's not clutch. Tony Romo he's in not the clutch in the last six years of his career. He's not clutch. Had the most fourth quarter clutch. winning drives. He's not Lee. Is he is he clutch or not, Tony Romo? Let's 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 get the. Well, I'll start off with a compliment. I think he is perennially underrated as a quarterback in general, but I do not think he's clutch. Okay, so the so the years the Cowboys went the three straight years the Cowboys went eight and eight. Take Tony Romo off that team. Okay, I'm not saying that they that were a better mean team he's without him. Plus, though, look at that. I think he's a good quarterback. Game where he bottles the snap. I'm saying every game. If he's clutch. He makes that hole. What I'm that, saying. That's one hole. I'm not saying, and you know, we're not here to debate Tony Romo for an hour, but I'm going to say this about Tony Romo. I like Romo. I was always a Romo activist. People that are saying get him out of here. He throws picks that are just casually watching, not paying attention. The issue is, is that any time it it was, hey man, it's nut up or shut up, right? It is time to get it done. We got to get something to win the game. He didn't do it. Like he, he did it in the Packers game. One if game. He would have thrown a better ball than Des Bryant. There's no debate about is it a catch or not. He put it way <laughs> too far out in front of him. And I'm not saying he wasn't a good quarterback. Romo holds so many Cowboy records. He did so many things. But man, when it comes down time, like the Broncos game. The shootout with Peyton Manning. What happened? It, we have an opportunity to win that game, and it ended with a pick. It I mean, ended. It ended not getting the Tom Brady when they were five and zero. We were five and zero the year that they lost to the Giants. I know the year that they played the Giants in the playoffs that year. Just so many. There's there was there's more. So many more. Man, they should have been the team that won moments that didn't. Than there are the team that won. So that's that's my Tony Romo take. So on to the next because I could talk about this all day. Speaking of staying. Wisconsin, so I love the kid, but... Oh, I like Romo, too. So, Ezekiel Elliott is still holding out. It came out, was it Thursday or Friday, that this could last months? Thursday, I think. Are we, are we moving him down our draft boards yet, gentlemen, or are we still keeping him as the RB1 or 2? Unfortunately, I already drafted his ass. Well, I'm talking about for our listeners that haven't drafted yet. This isn't <laughs> about you, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I'm moving him down a little bit just because I am worried that it could turn into a similar situation. I still think both Melvin Gordon and Zeke get it done before the season opens. The unfortunately, you will have already drafted. Well, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. You, the problem, <laughs> the problem is, you still got four weeks till the season starts. Right. Yeah. What do you? What? I mean, you can't. In the meantime, now if they slip to like. Mid second, early third. Well, I it, think I pulled the trigger. If he slips to the second, I'm drafting him all day. So Lee, let me ask you a question. You're in a draft. Yes, sir. You're in a draft, and you have you have third pick. Because not, of this news, yeah, not because of Definitely this news. Okay, that's what I was going to ask you because there's going to be people like he's going to slip to the fourth, fifth, sixth round. Not the not round, excuse me, but pick. 
I still think that he's going to be going, unless it continues to be that he's going to be holding out like a month or two. He might fall to the back of the first or the beginning. But right now, I'm seeing data from mock drafts and best balls that Christian McCaffrey and Barkley are flip-flopping as the one pick now. Um, A lot more people are on CMC now because of Barkley's receiving. People are overreacting, in my opinion, to what's going on in New York with their receiving injuries, and they're starting to put CMC as number one. Barkley's going number two. Kamara is pretty much locked in as three. So, so if our if our listeners are drafting, are you taking David Johnson over Zeke because of this at four? Absolutely or not. Three? You take no, you yeah, take I'm Zeke. Not there, I'm not there yet. I it it's not necessarily what I take Zeke, but I wouldn't take David Johnson. So we take Kamara over Zeke. Yes. Is that consensus on this pod? Is that that's what we would do? Yeah. Yes. What, yes. what people also got to realize about Kamara, you're going to get a full season of full bore Kamara. Okay. Because you don't have the Ingram handicap. I'm digging it. So we like so we like Kamara, we like McCaffrey, and Saquon, and we like Saquon. So Zeke would be our number four pick. So if we're in the fourth pick, no. right? Who would you? I would take Hopkins over over Zeke. You would yes. take Hopkins. Okay. Hopkins. That's, 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 that's where I draw the line. All right. So we're saying fifth pick then. I still wouldn't. Who would you take over him at that point? Michael Thomas? Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams. Okay. You can take Devontae Adams over Michael Thomas? Yep. So for our listeners that are... I would too, man. I'm so with you. Where's the spot, guys? Where is it for our listeners that are drafting? If they if they want to take a chance right now, if they're drafting today, they listen to this pod, they're on their way to their draft right now to have their whatever. Is it six? Is it seven? Is it eight? Is it don't draft him? I think you, I think you draft him if you're going to draft him. Earliest back in the first round, second round. Wow. I, yeah, I think it's 9 or 10 where I finally pull the trigger. I think I would – man. I, Guys, I think for me, I think y'all are right, but I think it's like 6, 7, 8 range for me is when I pull the trigger. That's it, me too. I'm with, I'm with you, Zach. I think I would take the, the running backs we mentioned. I think I would take Odell, possibly, Hopkins, mm-hmm. and Devontae Adams over him. But then mm-hmm. I think I would take. I might even take. I'm. I'm. I'm so weird. You're putting them at seven right now. Yeah, yeah I'm really six maybe eight though, because I'm really high on David Johnson. I might. See, I might take David one. Johnson over I him. him too. But it, but I might take Joe Mixon over him. I would not. No. Not with the offensive line issues, unless they trade. I hear. I heard a rumor they might trade for Flowers. So that would make me all, a little bit higher on Mixon if that for happens. Flowers. Is, is that the, the guy that's holding out for the Redskins, the offensive lineman? Uh, Williams, Williams. Yeah. Williams, my bad, Williams. my bad, my bad. Excuse me, guys. That's who I thought you were talking about, but I was like, I don't know yeah, who the Flyers guy is. So, but, but I would certainly draft him over Bell just because of injury history, not okay. knowing the fit, offensive line. So I guess eight. I think that's my spot. I think eight's where well, I yeah, would. just one point I'll make is just even that, that one season where he missed the first um, four games, is that right? Well, he missed six games. You're talking, we're talking about Zeke? Oh, yeah. He missed, sorry, he missed six games, yeah. And it was in the middle so of the I year. Just lo- I just looked that up, and he was still he still finished as the running back 12. Right. And imagine those 10 weeks that he did play for you. He's like a, he's a world beater. Like, he is, he is absolutely dominating well, for you. So just if you but, can, like, survive those weeks. Think about this, out, too. If he wouldn't have had such a bad game against the Broncos, in ten games, he would have rushed for a thousand yards. Right. Yeah. He, he was eight game. yards short, and he only ran for four yards in the Broncos game. So here's a question for you guys. So we're saying that we can sign off right now because we don't know what's happening. We we say we anywhere between six and eight we sign off on as a group. 
I would say. Is that a consensus agreement for you guys? Yeah. Six, seven, seven or eight? Ten, yeah. Matt's seven to ten. I'm, I'm thinking six or eight. You can make the argument. So you're sitting at you're sitting at eighth pick. You draft Zeke. What's your next step? What do you do? Do you just go with the flow? Or now are you saying, I need to go with another good running back because I don't know? Are you just saying you're just drafting it like he's there and just let the draft organically come to you? What's the what's the plan if you're taking Melvin Gordon or Zeke? What is the what? How do you change your do you change your draft plan at all? Well, I, I personally am not drafting Melvin Gordon. Okay, I don't think he's as good as what people are drafting him as at. at. I don't. I think Hater. You're right. I am a hater. I just don't think he's as good as people think he is. That's, no, that's fair because people people are staring these decisions in their mind. I mean, I mean, just like the guy has finished a the, sixteen. The question is not if you're not drafting him though. The question is is if you do, what are you doing? Like, I'm going right back at running back. Okay, what are you doing, I Lee? I feel like I have to. All right, Matt. Matt feels like he would have to go running back. Lee, do you feel like just draft and let it let it happen and see see how the draft goes? Are you? Are you reaching for a running back that's a lottery ticket type, just in case? Uh, <laughs> I think I think that I'm definitely reaching a little early for Darius Jackson. Uh, that's the name Justin. of the handcuff, right? Yes. I know Pollard's like the gadget guy, but I, from what I hear, Darius Jackson's getting the first team reps on Zeke's uh, up. Right. So I'm definitely reaching on him. Outside of that, I'm kind of sticking to my draft strategy, and I'm just kind of I'm either taking best player available. Value based drafting, like seeing where guys fall to, and yeah, I'm just I'm, I'm not. I wouldn't say that I'm I'm panicking at that point. I would just maybe take Darius Jackson a little bit early. Darius Jackson for the Cowboys. The, the, right yeah. now, that's the rumor, but it might be Weber. It could be Alfred Morris. No, it, it could be Pollard. It could be. I'll, I'll warn you right now. Darius Jackson's getting the reps in camp because he has NFL experience. Tony Pollard will be the starter if Zeke's out. I guarantee you that right now. I think he's gonna be the gadget guy. He'll be the starter. I think it's Mike Weber. We'll see on third. We'll see Saturday, right? There's a week from today. Well, you won't game. see on Saturday. They'll, they're going to keep them in line. How they've been practicing right now, and then they'll start. So we'll as see. they start really game planning, Pollard will be the starter. All right. Ooh, well, Pollard. That's good if Pollard is the starter because he's the cheapest probably. He won't because be. he's the one that people. Well, if people don't know, like I don't, like for me, for me drafting, and then we're about to get into the depth charts here. This was the last trending news. You know, these holdout things are big. For me personally, I'm excited that these two guys are not inked yet because A, I think you could get them at a value in case it changes, and B, you've got other players that are going to get pushed to you because people are going to be reaching way too high on some of the backups, I think. Like, Justin Jackson is a guy that's fantasy relevant if Melvin Gordon doesn't play, but he's a guy that is a handcuff at best for, like, a Mr. Irrelevant if Melvin Gordon is playing, right? Yeah. So they're going to be people. If if this is if we're on August twenty first when it's really draft season, big time. If Justin Jackson's if if it's still undecided, he's going to be going in the third and fourth round, right? Oh, you, I mean, he's a starting because people will be drafting him as a starting running back. Him and Eckler will be going in the third and fourth round, right? And that just pushes the Tevin Coleman's and everything else to you. So that makes me want to take a risk on Zeke even more if I'm at the sixth, seventh, or eighth spot because I'm like, dude. These guys are going to be reaching for these guys. Melvin Gordon's still not signed as well. People are going to be drafting these guys. I'll just be savvy and take no part in the, this backup situation, and I'll go for a Tevin Coleman, or I'll go for a X player. So I I think I would be aggressive with it and just rely on the fact that I'm going to be a good drafter and hope that 
everything sorts itself out. You know, I'm a guy who took Zeke fell in the second round that year that he was um, suspended. Okay, or the rumor was suspended at the beginning. We didn't know. He fell to the second round in one of my drafts, and I pulled the trigger without a question. And I had a very good year. It was it was it was odd. It was tough when he missed that middle middle pack of games, but I still figured it out. So I think that if if everybody is afraid and he's there at the six, seven, eight range, I think you can pull the trigger on Zeke and sleep like a baby. And I think Melvin Gordon, I think it's the end of the third round. I think if you're after three six, that's when you start thinking about Melvin Gordon. If you don't love the running backs available, like I, I, we need to get more into the data here. But if you don't love who's available, if Dalvin Cook's gone, if Carryon Johnson's gone, and you started wide receiver, wide receiver, I think it's worth it. Do I think. Th- yes. Do we think Melvin Gordon's going to get traded since his agents requested a trade now? No, I don't. No. I think both of these guys are rookies, and or not rookies on rookie deals. And I think that neither guy will um, sit out games. I really do. Like, that's a lot of money. You know, the Lev Bell situation was different because Lev Bell played through his rookie contract and he also um, got a franchise tag. Well, just think about he this. He already had one or two franchises. He had one. This That was the second franchise just think, offer. Just think about this, though. If Zeke doesn't show up by the sixth, right. he gets another year added onto his contract. Right. The Cowboys can have like four more years of control. Three. Well, five, they could have five more years technically because they, so he would have he's got two on his deal right now. If he doesn't show up, he automatically they add another year because he doesn't get contract or anything added to his year. So he'd right. have three more years, and then you could franchise him two. Well, the same years. thing happened with DeAndre Hopkins. Was it two years ago where he said he was going to sit out camp and they didn't extend him, and it was the same date he they, he he went he went to camp and then they extended him a few months later, if not a few weeks later. So yeah, I um. We'll see, man. I just, like I said, at this point, I'm not worried about it. I don't need Zeke. I as long as he's working out, and staying healthy, and doesn't show up with a beer gut, I think I'm I'm all right with him not playing as a as a as a fantasy football owner or as a Cowboys fan. And we'll see how these go. It's something to pay attention to. But my confidence on Zeke is he's still very much a first round pick, and it I wouldn't it would be hard for me even if I'm at the if I'm at the I'm in the fourth hole in a, in my first draft. Uh, which is big money on the on the sixteenth of August, and if this isn't resolved by then, I have fourth pick and Zeke's there. It's going to be extremely hard for me to not take him, even though we did just have the conversation and I was talking about the guys I like. When you're actually on the clock and it's happening, it would be hard not to take that pick. But once again, I'm also very high on David Johnson. For me, he's my QB three this season. I think he's going to do great. Other people don't agree. That's fine. That's my opinion. So I might That's a hot lean. take. QB three. Whoa. All right, my RB three. Excuse <laughs> me. Yeah, yeah. I'm really, I really got, I really got things going, going crazy. So that is, <laughs> so that's a Trinity Roto this week. So now I'm going to give the floor to Matt and Lee. Uh, Matt and Lee both uh, broke down the uh, NFC North and uh, the NFC South. Correct, guys. So we're going to do the same thing we did last week and cover that. Chris is leaving us at this moment, so say bye to the people, Chris. Bye, people. Chris's pleasure, bye, Chris. as always, my man. Bye, yes, Chris. Y'all have fun. <laughs> don't 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 take any injured players. Yeah. <laughs> I was just going to say, now we can draft all the injured players we want. Chris can't say. That's not cool. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so, uh, Lee, I'm going to give you the floor first. Uh, let the people know which division you broke down, and let's uh, cover these depth charts for running backs. Yeah, I've got the um, NFC South. It's not a super flashy division when it comes to like controversial takes, 
but I'll do my best. Okay. Um, I'll start off with the Panthers. Um, so you might have heard of him, uh, Christian McCaffrey. He's a pretty decent running back in fantasy. And then his backups are as follows. Jordan Scarlett, Cameron Artis Payne, and Alex Arma. And what I will say about this backfield is you're obviously drafting Christian McCaffrey anywhere in the top four or five. If you can get him past that, your league is crazy. And let me join. And For sure. And, uh, so, but it is one thing to note is that I guess I'm not sure how ESPN depth charts work exactly, whether it's directly from the team or from writers' observations. But Jordan Scarlett, he's a rookie. And something to look into is that the Panthers did say that they're going to limit McCaffrey's snaps. So they, they did not say touches, but they said they want to keep him off the field a little bit more than they had in the past. So I think it's definitely uh, Jordan Scarlett. I'm not saying I'm not even saying I would draft the Panthers running back, even in the late rounds, like outside of McCaffrey. But you know, I guess Jordan Scarlett is the the guy to look out for. He, he was a Florida running back. You guys have any thoughts on that? I'll let you go first, Matt. Uh, I would kind of just keep tabs on that name and watch what happens week one and see if North Turner actually changes his stripes this late in the game. This is this is like the Barkley situation for me. Um, you know, I know that we're not talking Giants, but for me, the two two of the running backs that are in the top four, I'm not going to go for their backup, and that's McCaffrey, and that's and that's Barkley. A because I don't think their backups are very good. Who is it? Wayne Gallman is is the is Barkley's backup, right? And then Cameron Artis Payne's been there for what four years, and he he's really never done anything. So I guess if you are going to be in the handcuff game, which I suggest that all of our listeners do, handcuff somebody else's back. Uh, McCaffrey is, you know, this is coach speak for me because the NFC South is a great division, man. I, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be good, and the Panthers last year were what eight and two before Cam's shoulder in, injury, and then they lost every game after. So I'm 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 worried about two things uh, as far as as far as they go. What I'm worried about is is Cam gonna run? I think he is instinctively. That's what he's going to do. So I like McCaffrey even more because I think he's gonna be less inclined to run in the red zone, which means more red zone carries for McCaffrey, and also. McCaffrey's the best offensive weapon that they have at the moment. Uh, I know there's a lot of hype with Samuel and DJ, and I expect both of them to have really good years, by the way. But I think that McCaffrey, he's so good, they're going to keep him on the field. You say these things, you say you want to limit him, but until it's injury or until it's not working, you're going to do what works. And I just don't think any of the guys are more than just a guy. I don't I don't see, I think it's McCaffrey, the McCaffrey show. Lee, uh-huh. who is next? Sarah? Yeah, could agree more. All right, yeah. So next would be I'm gonna go Tampa Bay Bucks. Okay. And so the current depth chart is Peyton Barber, Ronald Jones, and Andre Ellington. And this is a really, really tough backfield to unpack, just because there was a lot of Rojo hype coming into it, coming into training camp and you haven't really heard his name or at least I haven't really heard his name uh, a lot during camp so I'm like reading I'm currently right in front of me is the uh, day six training camp report and it looks like Peyton Barber looks pretty good 
But, oh, wait, last line says Rojo. Get Rojo to the outside. He's looking dangerous. So it's becoming more and more to me like a backfield that I kind of might want to avoid, especially if the, the Rojo hype gets a little out of hand, just because it looks like they're, they're almost in a 50-50 split right now. And meanwhile, Bruce, um, Bruce Arians has been talking up Andre Ellington again. So honestly, I just have no idea what to expect out of this backfield. I guess Rojo is the guy with the draft pedigree and kind of the sleeper pick. But if his if his price becomes too inflated, then I'm staying away. What do you think, Matt? I think Bruce Arians took a little uh, took a little page out of Pete Carroll's playbook and has been talking about everyone. Yeah. <laughs> so I still lean that Rojo's an investment to make. I think people will see Peyton Barber taking first team rap stuff. Think exactly like Lee that it's going to be a 50 50 split, and then Rojo's a workhorse, and everybody's wrong. So. That's what I would do. So my, my take on the Bucks backfield, gentlemen, is that I am terrified of it. Not because I don't want to draft any of it. Like, first off, the only guy I'm drafting is Ronald Jones. I'm not touching Peyton Barber. I Period. Uh, Ronald Jones is the only guy who has upside. But honestly, if he busts again, he's like Bishop Stanky to me. And uh, never touching him again. Uh, I'm not targeting him. I'm not targeting him. If he falls to a certain spot, though, I'm certainly willing to buy the reason why I say I'm terrified is because when they actually get on the field during the preseason next week, that's when it's going to be flaming Elmo gift time. Like, if he has a good play, oh my gosh, if he does well in the preseason, his stock's going to become, he's going he's gonna to price himself out for me, I think, is what's going to happen. Or Peyton Barber does it or whatever. So we'll see, we'll see how this works, but people are so hungry uh, to draft a Tampa Bay guy because of, Bruce Arians, that whatever happens in the preseason is going to make somebody's stock rise higher than I would want to spend. That's my hot take right now. So we will see how that goes. I don't disagree that, that the price would rise, but do you remember who the leading rusher in the preseason was last year? Yes, it was me in Madden. <laughs> no, it was Russell Ward, and he's no longer on the team. That's true. That is true. So I don't put my stock even into the preseason game. I was kind of just stick to what you think is going to happen and when it matters. Well, you know, in, in fantasy writers, which we are, right? Fantasy truthers, fantasy talkers, fantasy sure. industry, we're the ones that drive the ADP, correct? No, like, where, where are individuals getting this information? It's from us, from talking these guys up. So, if Rojo is out there for 60% of the starting snaps, that's the thing that's going to be pushed by the fantasy community, Correct. So, yeah. so those are the things that drive ADP. So that's why that's why the preseason matters to me. It's not necessarily the results, but it's what data is going to be talked about that, that makes the ADP kind of rise or fall, so to speak. Lee, next team, sir. Yes, um, next team for me is the New Orleans Saints, and this this is probably not my spice. It might be my spiciest take of the evening. Um, I think. The depth depth chart goes as follows. It's Alvin Kamara, Latavius Murray, and Dwayne Washington. But at Alvin Kamara, you know what you're getting. You're getting elite receiving upside, just a a great all-around running back, lots of touchdowns as well, like slam dunk, you know, top four running back. No no really debate about it. Latavius Murray is the interesting one because you have to remember that Mark Ingram was an RB1 with Alvin Kamara in the backfield. So Latavius Murray still has a lot left in the tank, and I think that 
if he is that clear cut, you know, power back in that system, he could easily be an RB, a, a mid to early RB two, just because that offense is so elite. But he is injured right now, from what I heard, or maybe he's back. But a guy I really like is actually Devino Zigbo, and he's not on this roster. He's not on this depth chart. But he was a guy I was touting even before the draft, the NFL draft. And he went undrafted, which is unfortunate because that means maybe scouts didn't agree with me. But he's on the Saints. He's been practicing with them. I think he's getting a decent amount of work. And the dude is just a bowling ball. So he's kind of like the perfect perfect um, counterbalance for Alvin Kamara and that offense. So he's a, he's a guy I would like everyone to look out for, probably more so in Dynasty. But he's a guy that I really like coming in. All right, Matt. I wholeheartedly agree with everything we just said. So, All right, cosine, easy breezy. <laughs> so, remember when Kamara was like the fourth running back on their depth chart a few years ago? Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I drafted him in three leagues. Is like my Mister Irrelevant pick. It was a. Uh, it was pretty glorious. Just gonna throw it Did out. Did you there. hold him? Yeah, I didn't drop him in any. Okay. Okay. Wow. I drafted him too, and then I dropped him like week. I am I am I am weird. I don't really uh, I fall. I don't, not that I fall in love with players, but I I don't churn. I churn way more in fantasy baseball and basketball than I do in football. If I if I invest draft stock in someone, I'm prepared to cut them and to move on. But if it's if it's a running back, I I hold on for dear life because I know that if something was to happen, that the way waivers work. It's uh, it's you know, it's not a skill. Waivers is not a skill based thing unless you're guessing early, right? It's everybody right. going after the same guy, and it's literally record or fab is for how you get them. So for me, wide receivers, I'll churn like crazy if I draft. Like Robbie Anderson, I think was dropped in my league like six times last year because he'd have a good week, so I pick him up, not do anything, and then finally he showed his relevancy the last month when Sam Darnold started to click a little bit. But yeah, no, I held on to Kamara the whole time and didn't drop him. Uh, that's just wow. just my belief is if you get a running back, you hold on. And the reason why I bring this up is we're doing this segment because we want our listeners to know what's a guy that's not being drafted or not really being thought about that could be that could be something, right? right. Because that's where you win, man. We all know. I mean, we all can follow a draft. We all making your third pick, Alvin Kamara, doesn't make you a genius, right? It's you're right. you're going by what everybody else says, and I'm not. But it's. Who's the last guy you pick? Who's the guy that you hold on to? Who are you seeing get a couple snaps week one that's not on the waiver list that you're still making a play for in front of everybody else? Those are what we do. So I agree with Lee. Latavius Murray is A, he's a guy if I'm going zero RB that I'm looking for. Like if, I, if I'm going zero RB and I get Tevin Coleman as my RB1 like I talked earlier, and then I get Murray as my RB2, I'm feeling pretty darn good about that. I don't, I don't love it, but I'm feeling pretty good that I'm going to get a solid amount of production and some touchdown upside for sure with a situation like that. And I'm with you. Kamara is is the one of the most valuable running backs, and you could make the case as RB one. You really could. So I want a piece of that, and I don't think that it's Lamar. I don't think it's Latavius Murray that is necessarily his cuff. I think he stands alone as their one A and one B. So. Zigbo is how you pronounce it, right? Yeah, I think it's a divine Zigbo is how I've been pronouncing it. Pay, pay attention. Pay absolute attention. Guys like that, you never know. That's a guy that I'm taking as Mr. Irrelevant if he's still on the roster. And obviously this is a guy where if they don't keep four running backs or three, if they cut him, then you would drop him for obvious reasons. 
but it's uh, worth yeah. noting. All right, Lee, you are next. All right, last but not least, I thought it'd be touching to have the Falcons as last, just so we could talk about the uh, the Hall of Fame game. Oh, Brian Hill hype. Are. Let's go. Yeah, exactly. He's not even on the depth chart. The ESPN depth chart, he's not on. It's Devontae Freeman, E.O. Smith, Quadri Olison, and Ricky Ortiz are the four running backs. So, yeah, I'll just say it. Like, Edo Smith only got three, I think, three carries, but did not look super impressive, not like not explosive, not decisive. And Brian Hill had a game. He, he I, It was against backups, but it's looking more and more like he's going to be the kind of the guy to own and maybe even that Tevin Coleman to the Devontae Freeman in that offense. So he looked pretty good. Like, I, I really can't complain with how he played. Like, he looks he looked like the real deal. So he's a guy I'll be targeting now for sure. What do you think, Matt? I, again, agree. I've never really been a huge Edo Smith guy. I thought he just kind of, eh, last year. So, yeah, I'm cool with Brian Hill. Let's roll. <laughs> All right. So for, for our listeners, this is what I want our listeners to do. I want our listeners to pay very close attention to what I'm about to say, like I hope you always are anyway. Uh, the Falcons, uh, what's one thing to note from the Falcons Hall of Fame game? The amount of play-action passes that they ran. Uh, you could, A, say that that's going to be a trend that goes into the season, or B, it was them helping out quarterbacks that aren't very good. But one thing about Brian Hill is not only did he get the majority of the work in the preseason game, they also were, quote-unquote, showcasing him the last three weeks of the year last year. Uh, if you guys were would pay attention, if you guys look at the depth charts, if our listeners go and, and pay attention, he was getting like nine or ten rushes um, over Ito at that time. So kind of wanting to see what they have. So it's definitely a name to put on your watch list. That is a team that invested heavily in the offensive line, and I think is going to be very, very, very good this year. So I want a piece of that. So Devonta Freeman is the back to own, like 100%. I think that he's being underdrafted. I think, man, if that's a guy that falls in the third round, sign me up, number one. But I want to protect it because he has had an injury issue. And I've seen them run multiple backs as well. Olison's a name that's intriguing to me that probably won't get drafted. Uh, but I think Brian Hill is the guy that right now, well, you know, we go off what we see with our eyeballs. Right now, it seems like Brian Hill is the is the cuff. It really does. So I, I think that the, the play action they're running, the fact they invested in the offensive line, last year what they didn't do well was run the ball. I think that's something they're going to make sure they do this year. So get a piece of the Falcons' backfield. All right, that is the NFC South. Matt, NFC North yes, time. Let's get started. All right, so I'm just going to go in alphabetical order again. Chicago, we got... Tariq Cohen listed one. Mike Davis listed two. David Montgomery listed three. If it's me, I've come around on Tariq Cohen. Maybe Lee talks me into him. But <laughs> I like his PB floor, PBR floor. I think he's going to be worth owning. I think Mike Davis and David Montgomery eventually flip-flop early in the season. It might be Mike Davis ahead of David Montgomery. But... <sighs> I don't know that I'm spending up for David Montgomery the way I thought I would be this year. No, I think before I give the floor to Lee, David Montgomery is a back that I like. I've 100% talked to you guys about my my hype for him. 
The problem that I have is that if you want David Montgomery, you're going to have to reach for him at this point. Um, it's if you're at the if you have a first round pick and you're pick one through four, you have a good chance of getting him in the third if you want. But the problem with that is that you're drafting him over Devontae Freeman, Carryon Johnson, possibly Dalvin Cook, uh, maybe Leonard Fournette, guys that maybe people are kind of passing on a little bit because of injury issues or question marks. And I would take all of them over him. So I just don't see I don't see that being a thing. I I, I like him, but I just I don't think I'm gonna own any shares because I don't see if, if he falls to the fifth round all day long, David Montgomery's a guy that I want. You know, it's funny because Mike Davis is becoming more and more appealing to me as the drafts go on because he's getting pushed to like the eleventh, twelfth, thirteenth round now, and I'm kind of like, okay, I, sure, I'll take some Mike Davis stock at this point just to see what happens. Lee, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've been saying it for a little while. Just, um, I'm a believer that Mike Davis will have a significant role this year just because what they paid him, how he's looking, like, at least his past year in the NFL, he looked good. And, yeah, for coming out of camp, it, like, I was, I actually traded him in a league yesterday. Um, like, a really, a pretty insignificant trade. Um, but it was to the Montgomery owner. And there's a lot of valid points to be had about, like, him being the handcuff, kind of. Yeah. Just because, like, he is looking pretty good in camp so far. Like, he's looking like the, the starter. And Montgomery has, has had a few slip-ups. So, especially in a redraft, Mike Davis is a guy who, you know, could even be a back-end RB2 if he kind of strangleholds that job and plays really well early on. So, I, I think we all agree that Tariq Cohen is a standalone. He's, he's his own entity. And draft him, yeah. draft him where he's at. You're more than likely going to get the value if healthy. So, Lee, can I ask you a question? And Matt too. Um, it's kind of open foreign question for you two guys. Yeah, if if you reach, let's say that you the backs on the board are Josh Jacobs, Carryon Johnson, Dalvin Cook, Devontae Freeman, and all have question marks. Uh, whatever, right? And you really like David Montgomery, and you think that Bears offense is going to be spectacular. Could you sign off on reaching for Montgomery over all of them if you 100% get Davis and protect the Bears' backfield and you have RB1 because of that? Would that would that be a strategy that we could sign off on for our listeners or no? Let him fall. Let somebody else deal with it. See if he comes back to you. What would you guys Would you guys sign off on that and say, hey, if you do do that, just get Mike Davis and you're good? No. No? I would rather have Carry on Johnson or Devonta Freeman or yeah, any of the other. Yeah, 100% agree. I think I'm, so, I'm too. I'm the hell no with that. I can't, I can't take Montgomery that high with them. Good. Okay. I'm, I'm the same way. And it's funny because I've been, I've been thinking about David Montgomery a lot this last few months. And in one of my high-stakes leagues, I have 11th pick, and I'm starting with Julio. And I'm thinking of running back in the third round because I'm really considering going Cooper or uh, Travis Kelsey with my first pick if available. And it comes back to me, and the running backs that are available are probably Dalvin Cook, Carryon Johnson, Josh Jacobs, Marlon Mack probably won't be there. So I was thinking, like, huh, what's the upside of a Montgomery pick? I'm a real big fan of Brad Evans on Yahoo, which might be my issue with David Montgomery because it seems like Every tweet that he sends out is about him, <laughs> so it certainly helps. But so that was something. I, but for me, I think the guy is Carry On. I think Dalvin Cook and Carry On are the two guys I would want there more than any anybody. I think. Uh, 
just going off of what I'm hearing, and I'm really starting to get big on Carryon Johnson right now. Like he's really starting to move up, yeah. my, starting to move up for me big time. Like I think he could be possibly be RB one, like in the top twelve conversation this season. So the hype, the hype is there for for old Carryon. So uh, and spoiler alert, sorry Matt, I know you are going to be covering the Lions with us here in a moment. Uh, so who is next, by the way, Matt? I was going to say, well, we're going alphabetical, so Detroit's next, so let's talk about Carryon Johnson. He's listed one, C.G. Anderson's listed two, and Ty Johnson's listed three. The back to own is Carryon Johnson. I'm not sure that it's close. C.J. Anderson, late if he's there, I think could have some value, but it's sounding like Carryon's going to be the man this year, so I'm, I'm going even higher on Carryon. Okay. Lee? Yeah, nothing to add. Team K on all the way. Like, I think he easily has a shot at RB1. Well, I know that uh, that Big Cat is going to love the Lions hype that we're giving right now because <laughs> I think that all of us are very I'm, – I'm big on carry-on as well. But I feel about carry-on Johnson about like I do like Mac. And that is if I'm taking a Colts running back – I'm trying to. I want to invest in that offensive line. I'm going to try to take their cuff. So with Carry On, if I invest in him, I'm going to take a cuff for him. And you know who I think the cuff is? Is Ty Johnson. I'm not going to touch C.J. Anderson. I'm going to let somebody else take him. And you know why? Because I think that the Rams is a machine. I think that the Rams just it was fresh legs. It was a, a an interesting situation last year. And I think that some Yahoo in your league is going to draft C.J. Anderson way too high because he's like, oh, man, I watched the playoffs last year. He was great. Yeah. And uh, that's not going to be me. <laughs> let, somebody waste, <laughs> let somebody draft him in the seventh, eighth, or ninth round, right, and sleep like a baby, get Ty Johnson as your Mr. Irrelevant, and you've locked in the RB1 for the Detroit Lions. That is my, that is my take right there. Booyah. If you're in a league with somebody that talks like that, please record them and send it in. Yeah. I want to hear it again. Yeah, it, it sounds like the guy that it's, I sounded like the two chicks at the same time guy from uh, Office Space, didn't I? You <laughs> did, just a little bit. Yeah. Great. Man, I, I'd imagine somebody should get their ass kicked for talking like that, man. Man. All right, so. All right, Matt, who's next? Uh, next is. Green Bay Packers, and this is why I went alphabetical order. I didn't want to do them last and look like a total homer. So, <laughs> oh, we we know we know who you are. I don't know all who's right, all right. And, and you know, shots fired at Chris because he's not here. He'll listen later, so he'll hear it and get mad, which is awesome. He's the ultimate homer, is he not? <laughs> oh, for sure. Yes, hundred percent. I love it. I love it. I mean, don't get me wrong. <laughs> I I love my Dallas Cowboys, but I try to give. I try to take myself out. When I talk yeah, about, he you know. always brings it back to Dallas. Anyway, <laughs> uh, wise, let's go. Uh, so we got Aaron Jones listed first, Jamal Williams listed second, and then there's an interesting thing at, at the third name. They list Trey Carson and Dexter Williams on the same line. So that's going to be an interesting camp battle to watch. I maybe. It is kind of my Homer heart, but I've started to kind of come around on the Aaron Jones love. I'm still nervous about it, but I'm signing off on it a little more. So he's still good. I st- 
still would want a piece of Dexter Williams way late, though, just in case I'm right on that one. So, so Homer, are we drafting Carrion or Jones? Carrion. They're in the same the same grouping. We're taking Carrion over Jones. I would. So Lee, giving the floor to you. What's your thoughts on this Green Bay backfield? Yeah, so number one, I'm taking Carrion over Jones um, as well. Actually, in my like league of record, my home league, Dynasty League, I have them both, which is kind of funny. But um, So I don't have to make that decision. And I also have C.J. Anderson and Jamal Williams as their handcuffs. So I really, I really uh, definitely backed my investment. But what I'd say about it is I think, at least in my eyes, the riskiest part of the Aaron Jones saga is gone. Just because they didn't really draft a guy early, like that was my biggest worry. Just because there is not a huge, like a huge draft investment in Jones, and he's always a candidate, you know, to get cut or replaced. So the fact that they really didn't draft Dexter Williams until what the sixth round was it, Matt? Do you know? Sixth. Yeah. So the fact they didn't draft him until late, and that Jones is working with the ones, and it's just everyone's seen it. Like we've all seen it. Like he is by far the most talented back in that backfield. And when he played, he was dominant in fantasy. Like, if he had just the games that he had started after Mike McCarthy finally gave him the reins, he was averaging something like 18 points and a half point PPR. So the dude could ball out when he's given the opportunity, and I would definitely take that upside. I know there's the injury risk, but he's coming to camp in better shape, and he's a guy I'm pretty bullish on this year that could easily like be an RB1. For sure. Yeah, I, I, bulking up is why I'm kind of coming back around on him. I like Aaron Jones a lot. The one thing I'd like our fourth round pick, uh, Aaron Jones. Yeah, just Ben. Jamal Williams is fourth. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah Aaron Jones, Jones went ahead of him. Yeah, Williams went ahead of him. It was a pretty surprise pick because everyone thought Aaron Jones would go earlier. Right, right, right. Gotcha. So, so my Aaron Jones conundrum is, I think. The, isn't it the, the data is the Packers throw more in the red zone than any other team or on the goal line, correct? Like Aaron Rodgers gets yeah, down there and he'll just straight sling it, right? <laughs> yeah. So not that that's a bad thing for Aaron Jones because you don't know what's coming. Um, this is another, this is a team. I think Dalvin Cook, it's funny because I think almost every running back in the NFC North, I'm wanting to get their cuff. Like this is a division where I like all four teams. I think all four teams can score points and will get red zone opportunities. And if I'm investing in one of the backs, I think that I want to go there. So I think that with Aaron Jones as well, because of the injury history, I think that I'm trying to get one of the two behind him. Unfortunately, uh, like Lee says, he has Jamal Williams. I would like to have Jamal Williams as my cuff. But unfortunately, I think you're going to get sniped because I think that someone's going to pay too high of a price because of the fantasy relevancy he's had in the past. So I think you might be getting Dexter Williams, which isn't a bad thing, I think. But once again, we got to see how that shakes out and what happens. We're in the realm of RBs not being valued. So even though he's taken in the sixth round, that's not necessarily a bad thing, right? Um, right. Because teams just wait. To, I mean, they just churn these guys out these days. So we're on to the Vikings now. Matt? Yep. So clear cut, number one is Delvin Cook. I think it's interesting behind him. Alexander Madison is listed two. Michael Boone is listed three. To me, it's Delvin Cook as the back to own. The injury history that he's had through college and now the NFL as well makes me a little nervous about him as my RB1, so I feel like I would immediately have to come right back at RB. 
So I don't know that I want to kind of hamstring myself like that. So I would invest really late in Alexander Madison because I do think he's going to get some run, especially towards the end of the year if Dalvin Cook gets banged up. What do you think, Lee? Yeah, I think I think a lot of people are predicting Dalvin Cook is the breakout this year. And I loved him coming out of college. Like I thought he was super talented. But yeah, he's got these this, these nagging injury history. And I mean, I think the Vikings showed they're worried about it. I mean, Madison was a third-round draft pick. I mean, Cook was a second-round draft pick. So if you're going strictly off draft pedigree, like they're pretty close, number one. And it's just a, it's a matter if, if Dalvin Cook can stay, can stay healthy. Because if he can stay healthy, then I do think he is he is pushing RB1, like, you know, RB1 territory. But we can easily see hamstring injury, ACL against, like something, like something terrible. And, you know, Madison's a guy who's basically free in drafts because people really aren't thinking about handcuffing, handcuffing Cook or that they don't even realize that Madison might have, like, standalone value just because. Right. They don't, I don't think they. I don't think they're going to want to lean like so much on, on Cook because of the injury problems. So he's a guy definitely to target late. Yeah, they're right. they're a team that should be in the playoff conversation. Um, whether or not they close out strong enough to, to do that, we, I think we agree that the talent is there. Uh, really, in this division, I I mean, even with the Lions, I think I think man, it's it's so crazy right now. Is this is the best the NFL has been in a long time? Like I. I look at these divisions, and normally I can clear-cut kind of pick the winner and, and think of how things are going to go. There's always surprises, but so many of these divisions are just so even this year. It's It blows my mind. This is another one that just, I think all the teams could kind of be in it. Like, even with the Lions, if they play defense like I think they can and do ball control, I think that they, they'll be all right. They'll be in the conversation. And with me, with the Vikings... Dalvin Cook is such a weapon. I mean, gosh, we small sample size, right? But in the games that he's played, he's been an RB one. So let's. So if our if our listeners are drafting, are we in agreement that it's Cook, Carry On, Aaron Jones, Bears backfield? Is that is that the order we're drafting? Bears yeah. backfield after a whole lot, obviously. Yeah. I. Uh, I yeah, I think. Dalvin Cook is just a guy like who worries me just because of the injury history. Um, I, I wouldn't take if, if I was like given the choice like all right you're you have to take Dalvin or Carry On right now I'd probably take Cook, but I, I'd be more comfortable waiting for Carry On. That makes sense. So so let's let's get in my shoes real quick and this is how we'll close the pod today. I'm in my work league. Okay, I have 11th pick. Julio's my keeper. It comes to me at pick 11. I take Kelsey because everybody passes on tight end because they're all munching for running backs, right? The next guy goes, whatever, whatever. I'm looking at Dalvin Cook and Carrion Johnson as my RB1 in that lineup. And then maybe maybe, maybe T.Y. Hilton is available still. And maybe, uh, maybe, maybe Keenan Allen. It's a big maybe. I want to go running back. I'm on the clock. It's going to be hard not to go carry on for me. Would you guys agree with that, or would you go Cook? Man, it's so close. <laughs> it's so close, right? It's one point eight, man. I lean Delvin Cook just because I've seen the points per game basis so far. And yeah. we haven't really seen him with carry on. 
ask you guys a question for our listeners yeah. that start with a wide receiver so this is a keeper league but let's just imagine that since where i pick i start with wide receiver right so i've got julio would you be adverse to say let's let's say that kelsey's not available okay and it's pick 11 but dalvin cook is it's like dalvin cook keenan allen maybe amari cooper would it be wise to go dalvin cook there and then get carry on too um, when it comes back around to you now i've got julio carry on and dalvin or should I be going wide receivers at that spot and only get one of the guys? What would you, what would your draft build be? I would do the second thing where I grab Delvin Cook and then grab like carry on coming back. It would make me feel a lot more confident in the backfield that I'm building. I think waiting an extra round to get like Delvin Cook and then like a Derrick Henry or somebody like that. I would much rather have Delvin Cook and carry on. Okay. That way you don't have to make the decision between the two. <laughs> That's true. That's true. And, and, and honestly, if my if, if in that league, if people are drafting according to ADP, Kelsey should not be available at the eleventh pick in a keeper league. That would be that would mean that twenty three people are drafted over Kelsey between keepers and ten picks, you know, or twenty two. Yeah. So he should not be there. Absolutely. And that's something those those are things I'm thinking about. I try to bring real situations to our listeners so that they can kind of see what kind of tough decisions have to be made. And I do think that would be a good backfield. So, all right, gentlemen, another successful pod is in the books. I appreciate you guys as always. And for our listeners, thank you as always for tuning in to Lineup Locked. Um, as always, uh, you can listen to us on iTunes, Anchor, YouTube, uh, reviews are welcome. I still have my offer out there. I know a ton of people aren't drafting right now. This is a redraft uh, show, so a lot of our listeners might be waiting for another week or two. But uh, please submit, uh, hit, hit us up on Twitter, uh, either one of us, and they'll give me the info, and I will uh, pay for your grade. Our talented team will let you know what you need to do with your draft and uh, if you leave us a review. So make sure you leave your Twitter handle if you do leave a review so I know how to find you, uh, just in case. Um, our DMs are open, and also, uh, we also have, uh, not only that, uh, we have on Anchor, if you want to download that app, or if you already have it, you can leave voicemails to ask questions and leave comments and all that good stuff as well. What's coming up in future episodes is next week we'll finish the NFC running back depth chart. Uh, Chris and I will be breaking down the NFC West and East, and we are also got a live mock draft coming the week after that. We are going to try to get a listener or two if we can, uh, but for sure us four, and we're going to pick different spots and do a live uh, 12-person draft on the show, and then we're going to talk a little uh, goofy fantasy team names also, so we're going to have a little fun with that. So, as always, thank you for listening. Thank you guys for before, being part of the pod. You, yes, Matt. Yes. Uh, watch Twitter, because in the next, like, tomorrow and Monday, I'm a little more available, so I'll probably be tweeting out, like, mock draft links. Oh, sweet. I like to do that. Very cool. Excellent. I'll definitely uh, text me if I don't see that, by the way. I'd like you to be a part it, of it. All right, gentlemen. It was a pleasure. This is Lineup Locked. We are out. Peace. Peace.